Hey, how's it going, everyone? This is Glenn Gare from Yeepscast, the official podcast of the Northeastern Evolutionary Psychology Society. And we're very fortunate today because we are here with our friend from Tulane University, Jimmy Moran, who, along with Stacy Makanova, is one of the formal co-hosts of the upcoming Meeting of Neeps, which will take place in Boston, uh, June 2nd to 4th, this upcoming summer. We're wicked excited about it. Um, and uh, very excited to have you on the show, Jimmy. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Jimmy currently is a doctoral student in social psychology at Tulane University. Um, and uh, Jimmy, if you wouldn't mind, maybe tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are education-wise. Yeah, so um, I started my undergraduate at the University of Scranton in Pennsylvania, and I was a psychology major there. And I had to take like a biology course of like just like as a general elective. And I took a biology of social behavior and it kind of introduced me to what evolutionary theory was. And I was like, wow, this would be so cool to apply to humans. And I was lucky enough to have an evolutionary psychologist at, at uh, Scranton. His name's uh, Dr. Barry Cooley. And so I kind of did some research with him and then found the field of evolutionary psychology and then after I graduated, I uh, attended Bucknell University, where I got my master's in experimental psych, where I worked with uh, Dr. Joel Wade, who is the president of NEEPS, um, and, all, and an awesome guy. And then after Bucknell, I um, moved down south to New Orleans, and I'm attending uh, Tulane University now, where I work with uh, Damian Murray. That's great. That's yeah. Great. Uh, we like to think of your story as a great NEEPS story, Jimmy, because... Yeah. Um, you joined our conference relatively early. You gave some great presentations. You made some very strong connections. Um, Definitely. So we, uh, I, I think I speak for the, uh, the entire group when we say that we're really happy to see how well you've, you've done with all this. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so one of the things, I, I think I'm going to ask you to elaborate a little bit on something that you'd said. Um, a lot of us who identify as evolutionary psychologists tend to uh, have had some kind of aha moment earlier in our career. Um, I certainly had one myself when I took a course titled Animal Behavior at the University of Connecticut in about 1990, so about 100 years ago. And, <laughs> um, it, was a, it was a course where the, it was unique. It was so interesting because I had taken so many psychology classes, and I, I took this one class where the professor just put everything else aside, everything else we'd learned about and thought about, taught us about natural selection and started applying that to behavior. And it was um, really powerful for me. So it sounds like you had a class titled uh, social and social biology that was similar. Maybe t tell us a little bit about uh, what was that experience and how did that shape your understanding of things? Yeah. So I originally um, went to undergrad thinking I wanted to do uh, clinical psych. So what actually got me interested in psychology was watching the Sopranos on HBO <laughs> and seeing uh, Dr. Melfi talk to uh, Tony Soprano. And I was like, that seems like an awesome job. Nice. Um, and then, so my first year as an undergrad, I was like, I'm going to do clinical psych, abnormal psych is where it's at. Um, and then I just had to take a bio elective. And so I took it and there was only five other students in the class. Wow. And it was with this, uh, neuroethologist uh, named Mark Seed, who's really awesome. And um, the whole course was just like a graduate seminar course, kind of, where we like, we read uh, um, On Human Nature by E.O. Wilson, mm -hmm. um, various articles like written by David Buss um, and other like ebb psychers in the field. 
And I, the last few weeks, I just went up to him and I was like, I kind of want to do this, but with humans, um, is there any way that we could do it? And he was like, well, Barry Culey's an evolutionary psychologist in the psych department. You should definitely get in contact with him. So instead of me emailing him, Mark just dragged me to Barry's That's office great. and was like, let's have a short meeting. And I, before he even took Epps, like, uh, Barry just accepted me into his lab and I TA for him. It, it was an awesome experience. And then to like even understand evolution a little bit more, Mark uh, took me to Panama over the summer of my wow. junior year where I had an internship with the Smithsonian and I studied, um, I worked for this uh, German PhD student studying like the evolution of uh, uh, bat behavior and how to avoid pathogens and things like that. So wow. that was uh, kind of interesting, but also solidified that like I definitely did not want to do animal research sure. and human research was for me. Um, so that was kind of like my aha moment. I was just sitting in class. I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. Um, and I don't know, understand why we're not learning this in our psychology classes. Exactly. And yeah. And ever since then, that's. that's oh, that, that is great. I did not know about your experience in Panama. That's really cool. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. But like, and all of the biologists and ecologists that were there, um, like obviously use evolutionary theory. And so when I'm saying like, oh, I'm actually a psychology major. They were like a little like, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> So I kind of got to like introduce it to them a little bit more and we had some interesting talks and stuff. So oh, that, that is awesome. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that that kind of relates to, and I know you and I have a little bit of a shared um, experience on this because we went to um, a conference on it in August, um, is what we might call the heterodox movement in academia. And specifically, you and I attended the heterodox psychology workshop uh, at Chapman University last semester. Um, which for me interfaces with evolutionary psychology in a very interesting way in light of the current landscape in academia. So um, I'd be curious if you could maybe tell the listeners a little bit about what is the idea of the heterodox psychology movement and the workshop and, and how you see that as relating to the field of evolutionary psych. Oh, geez. Um, okay. Uh, so I don't know if I'll be able to explain the heterodox movement in a in a, in a, you can do it, Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically what, uh, people of the heterodox, uh, Academy are kind of trying to do is kind of just like get unbiased, uh, researchers into the field and start to show that we're kind of biasing everything that we're doing, whether that's looking at the populations that we're studying. So, um, a lot of the, a lot of the conference talks are about conservatism in psychology and kind of like how we're pathologizing it can't speak today but pathologizing sure pathologizing yeah thanks um and also showing like where we are sampling is kind of an issue too because we're at these liberal universities and things like that um but in particular what i like about the heterodox besides the, the um besides it's like growing momentum is kind of that it's showing that just because uh evolution psychologists are studying things that might not be like so a lot of us study sex differences mm -hmm. and some individuals don't like to say that men and with men and women differ on various traits um we're not saying that uh it's this like we have to uh you have to be considering all these things we're just saying these things are observable and we need to start incorporating them into our research and so what i liked about it was it was showing that like a lot of people don't agree with some of the ebb psych stuff but in in my personal work, a lot of people have been really supportive, so that's good. But basically, 
it's that we just need to start incorporating it and be opening to these other points of views, um, which I found pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that last phrase you said captures it well, the idea of the importance of being open to various points of view, um, yeah. which is very different than saying, you know, this is the one right um, way to understand what it means to be human or here's a different way, you know, r rather yeah. than, uh, than, then sort of painting ourselves as wedded to certain ideologies, openness to, to viewpoints and perspectives, I think is, um, at least in my experience, has been just a, something that really has just been a, a, a great way to think about um, academia and psychology. So it was, it was great to, to connect with you in California there last year. Yeah, definitely. It was an awesome conference and like uh, Lita Cosmides was there and John Tooby and, and uh, Catherine Salmon and, and yourself. And it was interesting to hear their stories of uh, starting out in the field when it was really, mm -hmm. really, really unpopular and just like how to persevere um, and just like stick to your guns kind of. So that was, that was really nice to hear some anecdotal stories from them and oh, everybody. Ab absolutely, man. I'll tell you, I'd never heard Lita Cosmina speak until that conference and she got up, like you're saying, for, I don't know, 20 minutes, a half hour and talked about what it was like to be a cognitive psychologist in the 1970s, maybe 1980s founding this field which ends and she was so brave i mean just hearing her tell her story and she said people would take her aside and say yeah that stuff's cool but no one wants to hear it so say something else yeah and she just kind of smiled and said no i'm not going to do that and yeah you know and the and the story there is you know follow the right path and you know have integrity and and you will find success so so yeah i feel i feel like it was super inspirational that way yeah it definitely was uh, so, so Jimmy, I know I've heard you present before. I saw, I've seen some of your uh, poster presentations. I think that for uh, for anyone, I think you're a great researcher. But I think for a, a young buck, I think you're an outstanding researcher. Um, Thank you. Maybe uh, tell tell our listeners take a, a couple minutes and talk about um, some pet research projects. Um, it could be something you've done in the past, something you have working on now, something that you're excited about. Yeah, so um, most of my research uh, deals with uh, close relationships and, and human mating um, and just studying various aspects that affect um, satisfactory or uh, mate retention or uh, mate expulsion. So the work that I've done with uh, Joel Wade uh, looked at mate poaching and so different characteristics that a poacher would look for in a couple. So does attractiveness, the, does this discrepancy of attractiveness between a couple matter? Does the duration of the couple matter? Um, and also how do men actually poach? So we've kind of did a couple studies um, looking at that. Um, a project that I'm really excited about that Joel, uh, myself, and my current advisor, Damien, are working on is understanding breakup sex. Mm -hmm. So uh, breakup sex is uh, this construct where a, a couple breaks up and then they decide to have sex. And so it's g gaining a lot of uh, popularity like in the uh, popular press and like there's so many TV shows now that mention it um, the other day I came across a country song that was titled breakup sex and was talking about this guy who was just like so upset that he had sex with his ex-girlfriend and stuff like that so it's kind of just looking at why are men and women engaging in sexual intercourse with their ex because it could be really costly so it could damage your mate value uh, spread of infection um, risk of pregnancy so there's a lot of issues that could come up come up because of engaging in breakup sex. So we currently have a paper under review um, that kind of gets at that and kind of seeing, does it act, is it actually uh, a good strategy 
for men and women to have breakup sex. Sure. So does it have some adaptive strategic value? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's, um, that's great. Um, and as you know, uh, one of my current grad students, Jacqueline DeSanto, is uh, looking at what the phrase, <laughs> I love this phrase, hate sex. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so we've chatted been, a lot about that. Yeah, so I know yeah. she's been super excited about your research and about making connections with that yeah. as her research advances as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then coming to Tulane, I've kind of gotten really interested. Uh, Damien is a huge behavioral uh, immune system researcher. So I've gotten into understanding how the risk of infection and uh, the prevalence of pathogens affects our mating. So myself, Damien, and the postdoc in our lab, uh, Marjorie Prokosh, um, are kind of looking at if individuals perceive themselves as sick, so if they score higher on perceived vulnerability to disease, um, if that affects uh, their attitudes towards cheating, um, their attitudes towards commitment, and also like how, what kind of partners do they prefer? Are they preferring healthier mates? Um, are they preferring people that are less risky? Uh, things along that. Yeah, so. Super interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I look forward to, to seeing the findings on that as well. Thank you. Um, so, uh, so you've, you joined NEEPS, I'd say, I'm going to guess you've been around for about five years now. We started seeing you come to the conference. Yeah. My first NEEPS was, uh, 2014. Okay. So yeah. maybe, uh, maybe tell our listeners a little bit about what that experience was for, you know, when you first kind of joined and, and what's been your experience with the society over the last few years. Yeah. So it's, my story is kind of similar to Stacy's actually, we just were, Separate, I met her at NEEPS, but separately, we were both just interested in trying to find a conference to go to as undergrads. And so I Googled evolutionary psych conference. I think Stacy also Googled something different, and NEEPS was the first one to come up. So I was at Scranton at the time. I was a junior, and I just Googled it, and then I submitted an abstract of this project that I was working on uh, with Barry Cooley. So I just drove to New Paltz for the weekend and it was an awesome experience, like very warm and welcoming. And as a 20 year old who like doesn't know anyone in the field of psychology or doesn't really even know anybody that's in grad school for psych, um, it was really awesome just to see how warm and welcoming everyone was and asking where you're from and what you were interested in. Um, it was shocking that later when I went to other conferences, people didn't do that. I thought that was actually the conference norm. Right. Um, but that's just kind of the, the characteristic of me. It's just like everyone is welcome. Everyone is a family. Um, and so then when I went to Bucknell, uh, Joel was the president of the was president of NEEPS at the time. And so uh, I would go with him and it's just the best, like giving a talk in front of uh, a NEEPS crowd is uh, unlike any other. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's nodding their head. Um, no one ever has like uh, harsh ideas or uh, is trying to like put you down. And what I also love about Neeps is that rarely does anyone like take over or like uh, go too far in their talk or like ask mm -hmm. questions that don't even matter. It's, it's really well like just, just an open uh, area to talk about science, which is really nice. And so last year at Neeps, um, Stacy was a uh, I guess her term for student rep was up. And so I went to the board meeting just, just to go with her. And I was nominated to be the student rep for NEEPS, which is awesome and just really excited about it. And yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I, I think I speak for all of us when I say we're really happy that it's been working out. And, uh, and I do think if you're a student listening and you haven't been to a NEEPS conference before, um, myself and the other sort of um, organizers, 
do make a, a real point. We always have of making this something about cultivating the next generation, supporting ideas, supporting students, supporting junior faculty. Um, and, uh, and while we do have um, a lot of great super academic kinds of elements, including um, the Evolutionary Behavioral Sciences Journal, which is published by the APA and is the official journal of, of NEEPS, um, we do like to have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and definitely. I think I, I, it's kind of a real interesting combination of great academic rigor. People are on the same page together and we always make sure to have a lot of fun. And, and there's, there's kind of a, an implicit norm of, you know, we're, we're here to, to work with each other and support each other. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely like one giant family, as corny as that sounds. But like when you see everybody, it's, it's just like one giant reunion every, every conference, yeah. which is awesome. And um, I know a bunch of people that have gone even just one time and um, they always end up coming back. Yeah. Well, that, that's really great. Great to hear that from you, Jimmy. And, yeah. you know, and it's not, you know, it's not perfect. And just like any social um, organization, there's, there's some disagreement on all kinds of things at various points, but we, the overall bottom line is whatever the issues are, we tend to, we work together and move forward. So great Definitely. to us. Uh, great to hear your perspective on that. And, and so with that, I guess I'm going to ask you to put on your hat as co-host of the 2019 conference. And maybe you can uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what's going on with that. So yeah, so myself and um, Stacy Makanova of FSU are uh, co-hosting this year's NEEPS. Um, it's going to occur a, uh, right after HBES. It's on um, Sunday, uh, January 2nd to Tuesday, I mean January, June 2nd, my sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, to June 4th. Uh, we have two keynotes uh, scheduled. We have Becky Birch and um, Bobby Lowe, and we're super excited to have them. And then it's basically just going to be uh, how do I how do I phrase this? It's going to be a different kind of NEEPS. It's going to we're hoping to get a larger crowd, a larger international crowd, because we're coming we're going right after HBES. And Stacy and I have been working on inviting um, various people that we've met while along the lines of going to, from going to SPSB and going to HBES. And uh, over the over this past week for me, we had interviews for prospective PhD students and. A lot of them actually already knew about NEEPS because Stacey and I have been kind of spreading the word and telling our friends and everything. Um, we're hoping to get a lot of students to come, whether it's undergrads or grad students, um, because I, we think it's a great place for people to uh, start their research talks. It's very low pressure, um, but very supportive. Um, we also hope students come because we're having a student mentorship lunch um, where we're going to have some uh, Junior faculty postdocs um, going to be there talking about their experiences currently, like what's the best ways to get into grad school, to get into a PhD program, to get a faculty position, things along that, things along that. Um, and yes, we're going to have normal talks like we always do at NEEPS, about 15 minutes, but we're also in incorporating data blitzes this uh, this time, uh, which are about three-minute talks. So even if you don't even have that many um, Projects lined up, a data blitz might be uh, the best fit for you. So and wait then, a minute, wait a minute. Data blitz, that's a new one for me. That has added to my lexicon. Tell me a little bit, where, where did this come from? What's the, uh, what's the history of the data blitz idea? 
So with Data Blitz, um, they're very popular with the, the SPSP crowd. Um, so really you have like two slides and that's it. Oh, wow. Um, and you talk for like three minutes and then you get one minute for question for questions and then the next person's up. So it'll be an hour or I think maybe we have it scheduled for a half hour for Neeps, but it's to just get like 10 people up and just say their ideas and then that's it. So it's, um, it's less, it, I actually think it might be more pressure than a talk because you have to get all your, all your findings and hypotheses out within a, a shorter time frame. Uh, but, but yeah, so that's new this year. That's great. I cannot wait for that session. Yeah. And then, um, as always, we'll have a poster session where uh, my favorite thing about NEEPS, which not that many other conferences do, is if you have an idea and you're unsure how to start testing it or like what samples you need, make a poster and mm -hmm. make it a hypothetical poster. And I've gotten some great feedback from that. So without even data, you can present a poster at NEEPS, which is awesome. Um, and then we have uh, two receptions that we're um, planning. and. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the gist of it. We're going to be in downtown Boston. We're going to have a good time. Exactly. Yeah, we're right on the water. We're at the. We're going to be at the nonprofit center, and also the hostel of Boston uh, is helping sponsor us. So. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Well, I'm really looking forward to it, and thanks for all your work on that. Um, and one final question before we depart is: um, given uh, how exemplary you've been as a student um, on just a really great trajectory for the last several years. Um, I kind of feel like you're a good example of like what students ought to strive to be like. And so I feel like you'd be in a good position to sort of maybe give some advice, like what are two or three things that, you know, talking to young students now who really want to succeed and want to um, achieve and advance, what's your advice to them? Oh, geez. Wow. Well, thank you for uh, thinking of me in that way. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess advice I'd give to students is um, if you find something that you're passionate about or there's a question that is just really that you keep pondering, like just start reading and don't stop reading. Um, that's kind of where I've gotten all of my interesting ideas. And then just talk about it and ask uh, your advisors and kind of don't be afraid to if you sound stupid, like I think some of my uh, best research projects were projects that I was too afraid to talk about to mm -hmm. Joel because I was like, oh, this is so stupid. But then he ended up really liking them and they've ended up turning out well. So I guess just kind of don't be afraid to look stupid. And um, I think like the best advice that I've been given that I always try to do is um, be really receptive. So whether you're getting, um, positive feedback, negative feedback, or if you're just hearing other researchers' ideas. Um, the beauty about evolutionary theory and evolutionary psychology is that it, it's an approach to psychology, so you can apply evolution to various things. So my lab is the only ev psych lab at Tulane, and we're surrounded by a bunch of developmental, developmental psychologists, stigma researchers, prejudice researchers, and so hearing their research and being receptive to it allows me to come up with some interesting ideas um, using evolutionary psych, uh, evolutionary theory. Um, but yeah, just just be open and and be excited. Great. I guess yeah. There you go. Be open, work hard, and read a lot. That's and what I'm hearing. Definitely. Excellent. Uh, Jimmy Moran, everyone, Tulane University, co-host of the uh, 2019 meeting of the Northeastern Evolutionary Psychology Society. Jimmy, thank you so much for being on the show. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. See you all at NEEPS.
Take care.